Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eastern Conference Confidential Episode 11, the best and only uh, podcast that covers the entirety of the USL Eastern Conference. Uh, as always, I'm your host, uh, the snarky one that doesn't know anything, Evan Valella, joined by uh, the usual suspects of Ryan Allen, Brendan Doherty, making a, uh, a return, which is nice because I thought he was going to be holed up in his room forever. And uh, joining us, our, our special guest to talk uh, St. Louis is Phil from uh, St. Louis Soccer Report. How you guys doing? Good, good, good. Doing well, Phil. Welcome back to the best conference in the USL. Hey. hey. Thanks. It's been a couple years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah hopefully our record will be better this year uh, mm. so i'm looking forward to this eastern conference hopefully our supporters yeah. say it's the hope that kills you so right that's everybody though really yeah i know uh, <laughs> uh yeah brendan are you uh are you doing all right do you not want to yeah. talk about it i mean all right i'm glad that uh that st louis is in the eastern conference i'm pretty sure the last couple of years i thought they were in the central conference by themselves um, mm, mm, yeah. Glad to have this back in a conference that actually exists. But, yeah, that's um, that's actually how uh, Jake Edwards got St. Louis to join USL. Said you guys are going to be by yourselves, automatic playoff spot. Uh, also, I heard that Anatola Bong was loaned from New York Red Bull to uh, another team in the Central Conference to be named later. So, um, yeah, I I don't know where he went, but someone will find him. I'm sure. Uh, that and being said, MLSsoccer.com's roster pages also don't know where he went. Right. It just yeah, says an uh, indeterminate loan. This, this is true. Um, yeah, so if you've seen Anatola Bong, he looks like a soccer player. Um, might be wearing a Red Bull <laughs> kit from like last year. I don't know. Uh, let us know. Because um, I'm sure there's a bunch of people who'd love to figure out where he is. That being said, I guess we'll just get right into it. Um, on the subject of switching conferences, Phil, mm-hmm. uh, the Eastern Conference is a little bit more competitive at the top, but uh, a, a little bit less tight at the at the bottom. Um, you guys, if you were in the Eastern Conference, you would have finished tied for ninth last year on 34 points, which would have uh, seen you tied with some club called the Wilmington Hammerheads. I don't know. Hmm. Sounds yeah, familiar. A little bit, right? A little bit. Yeah, no, I think that's definitely true. Um, in the Western Conference, it was it was pretty tough. Um, most everyone was kind of winning and losing to the same people throughout the season. It was, you know, everyone talked about the parity, and, and it, it was definitely true. And I actually wondered if, if part of our problem last year, not all of it, obviously, but maybe just part of it being that we kind of had one style of play and we kind of stuck with it the whole year. And, and once we got figured out, we just couldn't overcome it. And, mm. and I think that just speaks to the parody in that, you know, once, once you play one team, they can possibly figure you out or people step up their game throughout the season. Some, some teams fall and uh, the Western conference, man, it was just so tight. Everyone was about the same. It seemed like throughout the year, but it wasn't like that in the East in the first year. And, uh, yeah, we'll see if maybe, you know, adding Tampa Bay and, and, and uh, uh, you know, Tampa Bay and Ottawa, you know, let's see what that yep. does to the Eastern Conference. Could make it worse, maybe, yeah. huh? <laughs> uh, yes, it, it could. It won't, but it, it could. Um, 
Yeah, so on, on that point, you know, those those big clubs like your your FC Cincinnati's, your Tampa, your uh, – I'll put Ottawa in there just because they're kind of an unknown and we don't really know which way they're going to go yet. Um, and then Red Bull too, who everyone likes to forget exists until probably like the first month of the season when they're back close to the top of the table. Um, you know, what's kind of the, the thoughts in the organization or just that you have maybe on those those bigger clubs with maybe some higher aspirations? Yeah, definitely. And um, I think, you know, I'm kind of curious. I talked about about it on my podcast yesterday. I'm kind of curious where St. Louis falls because, you know, money-wise, not record-wise, obviously, but money-wise, we almost were kind of thinking then that second year we were going to get toward, you know, I kind of called it the upper middle class and spending <laughs> levels. And, and I have no idea if that's true. You know, in USL, it's, it's practically impossible to tell. I don't know how you guys <laughs> feel about that, though. Do you guys... Have an idea of what your teams spend? Because I have no idea, really. I, I, it's a bad question for Ryan, but I mean, I mean, Brendan, I don't know if you want. Actually, no, it's a great question for Ryan. It's not very well. <laughs> I mean, I could give an educated guess, but yeah, I feel like I go on transfermarket.com and and just look at what they're worth. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm not so sure the, how accurate any of the information on there is really. Go on FIFA 17 and see what their value yes. is. There see, we but go. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the the tricky thing for for me with Bethlehem at least, uh, it's probably a little different with Brendan. Uh, we're literally owned by the union, so in a way, like there's a separate payroll for Bethlehem, which is you know like players and and staff even. Um, but it's all tied up in uh, Keystone Sports Group's budget. So uh, I have no idea. And I'll never have any idea. <laughs> <laughs> and I've accepted that. I've, I've, I've gone through the grieving process of how much money does my team have and come out on the other side with acceptance. Yeah, I mean, the only real clues that we had um, in Rochester is that there was some report, I think, written by a person at the team in 2015 about the 2014 season about how the the rhinos had the second largest payroll in usl in 2014 second only to orlando um and that was the one and only time in club history that team didn't make the postseason um so rochester's one big um you know experiment with splurging on on players did not work out in the slightest um but um i mean that 2014 Rhino season, um, the coach kind of lost the team, um, and they went without a coach for you know the second half of that um, season. They fired Jesse Myers and just brought in Pat Erkley, the the general manager, to coach the team. Um, and I think you can do that in USL because you don't really you don't really have to worry on the low end. The Rhinos already realized they weren't going to make the playoffs, so they're not going to sign another coach. And that's kind of what happened to St. Louis, right? And when they got rid of um, Dale Shilley and just uh, what promoted his assistant, so they just ran out yeah. the rest of of the season. Yeah, and you know they kind of switched to him, and, and then they switched playing styles too. And I think that was just the dagger, and and it typically is. I think when you when you do that, just because you have a set of players that are just you build a team around a style and, and our team was built around this defensive semi-countering you know attack and and um 
you know, we tried to be this this pretty four four two style football, and, and it just didn't it didn't go well. We didn't have the personnel for it, so. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the the analogy I made in the, in the, the show notes was that uh, Dale Shelley would be Tottenham's Harry Redknapp, and Precky would be AVB. So like Redknapp was really good at playing really bad English teams, and you know he got Tottenham <laughs> to the Champions League, but then. <laughs> Once they got to the Champions League, they knew they needed a, you know another step up in manager. It didn't really work out with AVB, but um, is that kind of similar with with Shilly? Like you needed him on board and his you know political clout in the local soccer community because he's been a coach for like four hundred years mm-hmm. in the area. Um, I mean, did he he needed to be involved in the project at the beginning, but then like I don't know, USL tactics passed him by, and then it's time for somebody else. Could be. I and mean, he was just kind of the obvious choice, I think. And, and they went with him. And he, in a certain way, he deserved it. Like you said, he's been around. And, and the <laughs> thing about him, too, is, is, I mean, the guy is a scouting genius from what I've heard. He knows every player in our region for sure. And then he knows these youth players around the country um, just by name, just because he just geeks out on it constantly. So um, I think that's why he was kind of the go-to in that way. Mm-hmm. So, so in, in terms of how you guys play, um, I guess two part, you know, how, how has that changed with Precky coming in if it has? Um, and then the second part of that, you had, uh, Irvin Herrera last year, uh, 14 goals, four assists. I think 12 of those were against Tulsa, um, <laughs> which is, a, uh, um, and then you, uh, you loaned him to the cosmos, not even a purchase, um, you know, so how does how? I mean, obviously that's a big departure. Um, you know, how does uh, St. Louis think they're going to fill that, and then how does that affect their their play style? Well, it's funny you're making you know, kind of poking fun at Brendan for uh, coming out of his room because of all those Rochester <laughs> players leaving. But for goodness' yeah. sake, I don't know if you guys know, we have like three returning players because Chad Bond hasn't been in in, in uh, training yet. I don't even know. Mm. Here I am saying that I'm not sure if I should, but. He hasn't been there, okay? So we got we got three guys coming back from last year. So, no, our style is not the same. It's not even close. It's, you know, keep the ball on the ground, um, pass it. You know, we're pressing super high. And so um, as far as I can, you know, that's about as much as I, I know this far in preseason. Um, but, um, yeah, different team completely. Preki brought in a few of his guys, like uh, Ivan Mirkovic is uh, – Really good pressing defensive mid. Um, Going to be probably the captain of the team. He's, he's out there yelling at people the whole time. And, um, you know, we, he's just been, you know, hashtag where's Precky. He's been in California scouting guys. <laughs> and, but he's also, like, he's finding guys from across the world. We got this um, this guy named Milan uh, Perasevich. I think that's how you say his name. And he's from the third division Austrian soccer league and he scored yes. <laughs> just about every other game, which is good, but that's the third tier of soccer over there. Um, but then, you know, you just got to give Precky props because the one game, uh, it was a closed game, but we got to play that game against Orlando city in the, the new stadium. It was the first game. It was kind of the dry run. And I was the only St. Louis guy that was kind of allowed to be there or invited Luckily, they invited me and, and, and said I could come in somehow. Um, but I got to watch it, and, and, you know, we were owned pretty well. It was 3-1 to one at the end of the game. But the one 
goal that was scored was scored by Milan, that guy from Austria who scored. It was just a throw-in. He had one touch and sent it in, uh, sent it in the top left corner from 12 yards outside the box. And I clarified that it was 12 <laughs> yards. I'm not exaggerating. I'm like, guys, was that? You went out with your tape measure, it? and you were like, all right. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Here, and there's the ball. <laughs> so, I mean, Jeez. whole new team, whole new style. Nothing is the same. So um, mm. hopefully coaches are scouting us last year rather than this year, and we might get a good start <laughs> here, huh? That's um, why all those preseason games are closed. Was was the decision? Was it like a purposeful decision to only bring back three guys, or is that just how things happen to work out? With you know, there were guys on on one year contracts or two year contracts, and they just happened to all expire at the same time, or was it more of like a purposeful decision to come in and you know give Precky a, a clean slate and let him do what he does? I almost think Precky came and interviewed and said, "Hey, these are all the people I want," and I think the GM was like, "Okay." I can help you find players. And so he's brought in some people, too, for sure. It's not one-sided, but um, no, I think it was a clean house thing, and mostly in, in that Precky has a, a certain kind of player that he needs for his system. Um, and I think it's another one of those things where it's like the sum of its parts is greater than, than its whole. And so um, I don't know if I said that right, but you know what I mean. And so, <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, yeah. And so, um, yeah, I think that was most of it. I also heard from the GM that um, it wasn't just that. A lot of roles were changing, and so we got people that, that are making a lot of money, and so I think a few were asked, like, yeah, you can be on the team. We'd like to invite you back. You're going to be this guy's backup. And they said, well, I'd rather see what I can do elsewhere. you know. And so we yeah, lost guys like Sam Fink to, is a center back that played every minute for us the first year, and he's at Oklahoma City now. And another guy, Parker Mars at Swope Park, uh, left back that actually got to train with the fire a little bit, and he's really solid. So those are two guys that were kind of hard to watch leave that are going to do well elsewhere. I'm, I'm certain of it. So. And to kind of piggyback on what you said, with Precky bringing in his own players, I mean, when he coached in Sacramento, he's brought in players like Ivan Mirkovic and Octavio Guzman from Republic, do you think he'll mm -hmm. try and emulate that playing style from their 2014 season that ended up in a championship for Sacramento and bring that to St. Louis? That's the goal. You know, like everyone we're signing that, ha you know, that isn't like necessarily just a Precky guy, but you hear the GM constantly saying things like, yeah, this guy is tested in USL playoffs. You know, we just signed someone, uh, Brandon, cover your ears, but we just signed <laughs> someone called uh, named Christian Valeski and and uh, the first thing that came out of Jeremy's mouth was that he has championship experience in the USL. Yep. So, you know, we're, we're mm -hmm. making that run. We have high expectations, and our fans have high expectations. We have a really great support system here as far as fans. And, and um, you know, they're not going to stick around if we keep losing like this. So, um, yeah, we, we got a long way to go as far as the product on the field. Everything else has been pretty damn good, but the product on the field has a long way to go. Mm -hmm. um, if I can be the well actually guy um, Christian oh, Wolski missed the postseason in 2015 with a concussion championship game and I don't think he played in any of the playoff games in 2015 GM just lied to you. but um, <laughs> he did. I mean that's, that's kind of an issue that's dogged Valeski's career in college and PDL and in, in, in USL where he just can't put together a full season um, you know he'll get on a good run and then he'll get and you know the the, the nagging injuries mount up um, okay. and just can't, can't finish out but um 
I mean, also, if if you have the, the Milan guy, uh, Milan Petasevich, who and he can just score, you know, worldies from 30 yards. Yeah, um, from, I mean, from throw-ins. Like, you, can you just, don't need what What's your statement called? Is it going to sound as cool as a miracle at, at Bonnie if you just have that guy score, you know, 91st minute winners? <laughs> the miracle at Worldwide Soccer Oh, is that what it's called? Yeah. Right. It, it, that would be really nice if we could make that happen. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Cool. Oh, you got to come up with a name that like you can make into an acronym <laughs> if your stadium is called WSP Worldwide is right. That's gonna be tough. Sounds like a radio station, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> worldwide Technology Soccer Park. So I forgot. Oh, man, Worldwide there. Technology Soccer. Yeah, so it'd be even, like double W. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. The World Tech Miracle World Tech. The new upstart Silicon Valley. Uh, um yeah okay so in addition to christian valeski you also picked up uh, adam grinless and and how of some variety i forget his first name um but you guys are you know you're not making like tampa bay moves but you're making like solid usl moves um is is that a is that a gm thing is that a precky thing is that both you know like i i'm not familiar with with the the front office of, of St. Louis FC. So, so fill us in here. Yeah. So we talked about Shilly and, you know, I mentioned how he's a really good scout and we, and we really, I think they really wanted to build a team that first year around like local guys who are solid and really kind of highlight the, the local guys and, and bring in a lot of fans kind of in that way. And obviously it didn't go well. And so the next year we go out and we find this guy, I, uh, sorry, Irvin Herrera, who we talked about, who, you know, he's really talented, has, you know, good at scoring goals. And if you put the ball in the right place for him, uh, it's going to go in pretty much every time. But um, so we spent a lot more money that second year thinking that was going to fix our woes. And, and then it didn't. And so I think we're getting a mix of that this year in that we're going to have, you know, Precky, who's bringing in all his guys and and um, spending a decent amount of money. I've You know, it's it's too hard to tell whether we are spending that, that amount of money, but... But I know Precky's asking for certain guys, and we're getting them for sure. And I think the guys that the GM's finding, he's our scout too. And so, you know, he's the one that's going out, and it seems like he's finding kind of the cheaper guys, the more affordable guys that have talent. So, and and both are working out in preseason. It's you know too soon as hell probably, mm-hmm. but we'll mm-hmm. see. And then you know, did they say anything about Irvin Herrera being a loan instead of a a, a purchase? Was the totally. Yeah, it was funny because the article, the first two sentences, two sentences were just like, okay, this is great, and then oh, this is terrible. So they said, okay, we we just signed Irvin Herrera for a two-year deal or a one-year deal, a two-year deal with an option <laughs> okay. or something, and I got really excited for like two seconds because then it said, and we subsequently loaned him to New York Cosmos. So, um, I th- you know I think all that Irvin thing is is I think maybe Precky kind of thought he could work um i think maybe there was a worry about i i know i don't know i know that basically what they got out of it and this is all they're really telling us is is that i think we got a good amount of money Mm. from that and and roster and cap freedom by getting rid of him we were able to probably buy two guys for for that one or or at least bring in a guy that precky likes a little better and so maybe one and a half guys but you know angulo couldn't have been cheap um Valeski you know, probably wasn't there's a few guys terribly cheap either. I don't know 
Just you looking at, so? the, at the well, because of the track record and because of his postseason yeah. concussion experience, and you know, just the uh, uh, proven goal scorers in USL are not, yeah. you know, a dime a dozen, right? So that there's You're not right. a ton of guys that I can go, yep, like he's good for ten goals a year. Uh, one of them, in fact, just left for New York City FC. Uh, so it's sure. it's one of those things <laughs> where I think the price of those guys who are good for ten goals a year, like a Valeski, like a Corey Herzog with Pittsburgh, um, you know, uh, I'm blanking on uh, FC Cincinnati's big goal scorer <laughs> from last year. Sean O'Coley. Ugo, yeah, yeah. Um, and they had a couple other guys by committee, but it's this big thing where, you know, you're not going to be able to replace a guy like that one for one, but maybe, like you're saying, if you can find two guys or whatever that are going to net 10, then you're you're okay. So, yeah, I mean, we don't know how much he was worth, but I wouldn't think he's going to be cheap, especially uh, someone that was that big of a part of the Rhinos' offense. Yeah, definitely. And actually, you know, to talk about, if we're going to talk about Christian, I'm really curious about a few things. I liked what you said earlier, Brendan, but um, I've also heard some rumors, and I'm kind of curious if you could just clear those up for me. I didn't hear that he was kind of injury prone, but I did hear, like, he needs a lot of chances to score. That might be just shit talking. Um, he likes a lot I don't of know what else. <laughs> well, he needs, like, or he likes, I'm sure everyone likes a right, lot, but... Yeah. Uh, but is that true, or does he do pretty well? You give him two or three chances, it's going to go in pretty easily. Uh, I mean, he'll get a, he'll get chances. You know, every other chance he'll put on frame. Okay. Um, he he's can he's pull. I don't know. So he messes up the easy chances sometimes, like a sitter on the six on a low cross right to him. But then you know, ten minutes later, he'll get the ball at half field, dribble up, and chip the keeper from outside the box, like. The dude can score in so many different ways, and he has creativity in the box. He tried, he tried a. I'm pretty sure he tried a bunch of uh, bicycle kicks that didn't come off, or like some acrobatic scissor kick flip over stuff that didn't come off. But I mean, he's got a lot of stuff that he apparently works on in training. Um, so even if the ball isn't exactly where you think it should be, he can you know get around on it and do something crazy. Um, but, I mean, also, he's not a guy who's going to lead your team out every week. He's, he's a guy who's going to need to take a game off or come off the bench every three or four games. Um, so if, you, if, if Precky has a rotation in mind, that's, that, that's ideal for, for Christian. Well, that works out well because I, I really do think right now he probably slots in third in the depth chart. So it, it would be really perfect to bring him off the bench or, you know, if he wants to play every, every other game or is better that way, it sounds like it'll work pretty well. So. Yeah, and especially after what happened in um, Kansas City, he is going to have a chip on oh, his shoulder, yeah. and that's when he plays best. Is Good. oh yeah, yeah, no, it's I totally. He's gonna find a new team. Yeah, he's gonna find a new team to like terrorize and and you know instill nightmares. And in now mm, that FC Montreal is gone, mm. rest in peace. Rest in peace. Uh, maybe it'll just be the Ottawa <laughs> Fury. Maybe he just really hates teams that are aligned with the impact. <laughs> We'll take that. Yeah. Man, we lost to Quebec the first season. It was embarrassing. Uh, I, I like the idea that uh, I, I need a I need a Christian Valeski on the record. Do you hate Canada? Yes or no? Um, well, I think I got an in yeah. on All it. Right. So I was, hopefully, I can ask that. I'll throw that in the questions. <laughs> if I was good at Photoshop, I would put him into the uh, yes. yeah, yeah. South Park movie yeah. from the nineties. Yep. Hate Canada. 
but um uh yeah phil earlier you mentioned that um uh one of your young guys i think you said a, a fullback um got a chance to train with chicago um the only real chicago loan i remember is uh, mike mcgee because the league love the fact that you know mls golden boot winner whatever he was mvp yep. of whatever season that was um was played i think one game <laughs> for st louis 60 minutes yeah. um and yeah. they yeah and the league loved talking it's, about that but i mean were were there actual benefits from no players coming down from oh Chicago? yeah 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 a lot actually so um Patrick Duty is is he's still kind of slotting in as a as a backup left back and uh that dude is solid. He's really good. I like to follow his career. Um and then we've always had a goalkeeper come down to help us um every year except um even last year I think someone yeah, one came down to help us against uh Sacramento and he did really well. I think the only reason we won was because he helped us out for that one game, but um you know, Alex Kahn, I think he's He's recently been moved from Kansas City to Atlanta in the expansion draft, actually. He started in their first MLS yeah, He started, yeah. Oh, perfect. I didn't even catch that. That's that's terrible. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, he helped us out a lot. And then, you know, Drew Connor is, is one of their younger players, up-and-comers. He did really well for us last year as well. There's a few more, but those are the best Whoa. guys right there. Yeah, that's that's what's kind of interesting about the, the three of us that are on this uh, every week. Um, is that we all seem to kind of have different opinions and then if not opinions, different experiences with, with how that relationship between MLS and USL has kind of played out um, with mine probably being the most positive and the most apparent and then Ryan's <laughs> probably being the polar opposite. Um, you know, so you, are you guys still affiliated with chicago fire i know because i heard no so you guys announced that that wasn't going to be a thing um how did that come up you know what's the response to that been like uh just sort of general things well like interestingly that. jeremy our gm said so they went to tulsa right so fire and tulsa have a deal now mm-hmm. but um they said that one side outgrew the deal, basically. I'm rephrasing, but he said one, basically said one side didn't need it anymore, has outgrown uh, the situation. Hmm. And so, you know, I just kind of said, take that as you will. But man, that does raise a yeah. few questions, <laughs> doesn't it? I can only it? read into that one way. Um... Well, I mean, yeah, Chicago... Today, there were rumors. I don't know if they announced that there were four players that they were sending. They were going to send a fifth, but one of their first-team players got hurt, so they're mm-hmm. keeping homegrown yeah. um, Colin Fernandez mm-hmm. for depth. But I think they did name, like, four yeah. guys that they were planning on sending or had already sent uh, to sending. Tulsa. Yeah. Um, so if Chicago... I mean, but if they... I don't, I don't understand if the, the guys that Chicago was sending to St. Louis were getting minutes and you know performing all right in usl level then where's the disconnect mm. did st louis want more yes. or i don't think I, so so st louis wasn't playing them like i don't know to be honest with you we used them when we needed them and and i don't think we were if, if that was a problem with the fire i could see that that maybe they weren't happy that we weren't playing them enough because we got a lot of kind of central central midfielders in the middle of the season that we never played like fernandez and and morel which he's more of a winger but you know, like we didn't really play them, so maybe they were upset. I kind of have a feeling that we just 
like we've been talking about these teams, these indie teams that want to be up on that upper echelon. Mm-hmm. And I think our front office is right. starting to view ourselves as right. that way. And, and, you know, we got Precky, maybe we're getting big boy pants, you know, like trying to step it up. Next year, John Harks is going to show up as an assistant coach. Uh, yeah, as an assistant. No, it's, like it's funny, though. Uh, Phil, we were actually talking before we, we started recording. It was actually just the two of us. And we were both saying how for these these independent clubs, or formerly in, in the case of, uh, of San Antonio, this is the last time I'll mention the Western Conference tonight, hopefully. Um, it, it's just a very weird disconnect between we want to be a big club in MLS but at the same time, we're an affiliate with an MLS team. And I know I know there's like, you know, USSF stuff where it's, you know, you have to have a USL affiliate. Um, but at the same time, I, I also wouldn't think a USL general manager would come out and say, oh, one side outgrew the other. That's a, that's a very weird, I'm speculating, but that's a very weird sure. thing for him to say if he meant, oh, the that Chicago was- Fire don't need us. I, I think if that was the yeah, case, actually, he really would have said, point. oh, well, you know, it just wasn't the right relationship or we didn't see eye to eye or I even, you know, he might have even <laughs> said, you know, oh, we didn't give their guys enough minutes. But for him to say one side outgrew the other, that's a pretty, um, you know, read between the lines kind of thing, in my opinion. Yeah, it's yeah. bold. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Up, up here in Rochester, we were surprised that you are, you were like, teams are able to except when the relationship is gone sour and it's not working out that you can actually admit that publicly because the the revolution and the rhinos deal has been awful since like the second year and neither team really seems that engaged and committed to like improving it like they don't even talk to each other that much (laughs) it's bad um so i guess we didn't we didn't even realize that you could just make a clean break and get on with your life yeah go out looking for other fishes and the Hammerheads NYCFC relationship was only on paper because NYCFC doesn't want to field their own USL team. Is my theory. I also think that NYCFC is too busy not being a functioning MLS team to have a USL partnership that works out. Because, um, like, too you big. know, it's at the point <laughs> now where their supporters are trying to steal seats from other stadiums to make a stadium. Oh God! So, yeah. Well. But hey, you know, fuck the third rail, and that's all I got on that one. Um, <laughs> uh, where are we at? Oh, uh, are, guys, do we have anything else? Brendan, did Rochester sign anybody? Um, yeah, but it's Fair not enough. important. <laughs> no, um, they signed a, a winger who was actually with NYCFC hey, in the preseason. Um, and. It's interesting, in college he played left-sided midfield, but he's a very right-footed player, so he would always just cut inside and um, shoot. <laughs> so, And apparently that's what he did in preseason because he played on the left wing of a 4-3-3 oh. as, the, as a forward. Um, so that's the way he played in MLS preseason, and he was one of the last players cut before the roster deadline last week. Um, so it'll be really interesting if he... Uh, if he plays on the left wing and cuts in, because that means he's always going to take on mm-hmm. a defender. Um, and I saw his highlights from college. Um, there sh- there should be enough talent there to actually make an impact and, and goof on go. USL defenders, which is great. Yeah. Um, um, his name is uh, Jalen Brown, by the way. Uh, I have a, I have a couple. I'll be quick. Uh, Chris Nanko, uh, Union third-round pick out of Syracuse. 
um, in the uh, yeah yeah in the uh, in the super draft this year. Um, I've seen him twice now. He is going to be a nightmare. Um, basically, if you can imagine Eric Ayuk, but with a better shot, then that's what we're looking at. He also kind of has like a weird Dragon Ball Z thing going on with the hair, but I'm really into it. Um, I haven't been able to tell him that, but uh, like I thought you were going to say a Dragon Ball Z tattoo. Uh, I haven't been able to tell him that. <laughs> If he had a Dragon Ball Z tattoo, right. well, he's my he just kind of looks player, like, like uh, yeah, he's Dragon Ball Z uh, hair kind of thing going on. But yeah, looks super deadly. Actually, played with uh, Juliana Wijnaldum against uh, Temple uh, last weekend and looked dangerous as all get out. Um, the other two that I think one of them is actually really funny. Um, so. Uh, defender, I, I don't think he's going to be a bench guy, but uh, Matt Mahoney, who actually um, played for Temple uh, College. But the, the, the really interesting thing about Matt was that he was an intern for the Union last year. Uh, he has this degree <laughs> in kinesiology, so he interned for the Union, and then this year uh, put pen to paper, and his paychecks are going are gonna to say Philadelphia Union in some form on them. Um, so that one was amazing, uh, from that standpoint, just in terms of a story. And then the third, um, former Reading United guy, uh, Charlie Raymond, um, who was on trial, uh, impressed and, uh, signed a contract. None of those guys are going to like, you know, light the world on fire except for Nanco probably, but you know bench depth signings and, and guys that the union can have a look at for another year. Cause that's uh, one of the nice things about being owned, I think by an MLS team is that if they draft guys and they go, Oh, we don't really know what we have yet. They can send them down, sign in the USL contract and play them for 30 something games and make their decisions off of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. Toronto has been doing that a lot with their draft yeah. picks. I did that big uh in a big mm-hmm. way last year assigned a fellow uh hey. syracuse starter yeah. uh thomas yeah. who's somehow just out there pretty he, i don't think i've seen him get picked up by a team or even get mentioned in preseason so somebody's <laughs> making a mistake if they're not picking mm-hmm. not, if they're not calling yeah Scott um, thomas. same thing with the academy there's that derek jones say, kid who played nine minutes Charlie was Vancouver another player like that um, I don't know where you would have seen him last year, but uh, if you did, he was really good. Anyway, um, without hearing any farther um, rebuttals, if you will, uh, Phil, before I uh, uh, let you go, um, this was not in our show notes, and I don't put it in there because I don't want to give you any time to prepare. But if you've listened to the podcast, you, you've heard this question asked to <laughs> other people, and now it's your turn. Um, pitch us St. Louis FC without mentioning like that you're maybe going to join MLS. <laughs> no, I have no intentions to mention that yeah, anyway. Yeah. yeah, I did my best to not prepare for this because, uh, yeah, I've heard right. this before. Thank but, you. I, uh, I appreciate the, it. It means a lot. <laughs> Yeah, this this little first bit is all that I prepared, and it's just such an obvious thing that has to be mentioned. But like, we've had this academy system in St. Louis for so long, and it, and it's done well um, on and off. It'll it'll these guys will go to the the finals in their age group in different levels. But um, it's been going so long, and our owner 
um, Jim Cavanaugh, he decided one day he's like the next level, the next thing to develop St. Louis soccer is to have a professional team. And so he went out and he started uh, St. Louis FC after some, some failed endeavors um, the year before. And uh, he got that going and it's, it's a nonprofit. Like the guy didn't start this soccer team to kind of go out there and get money. As far as I know, it's the only USL team that is a nonprofit. And so, you know, any extra money they make, if it's not going straight. What about teams that just don't make well, any profit? There's a lot of <laughs> There's a strong argument to whether that even means anything. But I, I do I do think there's something to be said for just having absolutely mm-hmm. no intention mm-hmm. to make money. It's just the goal right, it was right. to, to have a next level of soccer in St. Louis. And so, um, you know, we got great supporters. We're taking 150 guys down to Louisville. Um, and, and we got uh, we really want to win down there because we've been embarrassed by our supposed rivals for uh, you know two years in a row. It's been really disgusting. So um, yeah, we got good traveling supporters. We got a great atmosphere on game day. You know, near five thousand every every game, and hopefully that's going to go up. And uh, God, just love my team, man. Just like all you guys, or else we wouldn't be here. There you go. There it is. Yeah. Shout out to the St. Louis games on there. I remember there was a, uh, I think right after Irvin Herrera scored a goal last year that just curled in. He immediately ran over and it just resonated with me how much that the support was there. There was a person who ran onto the pitch from the St. Louis games, I believe, who celebrated with Herrera and everyone was just so pumped about it. So it's definitely one of the best supporter groups in the USL right now. Definitely, those guys just destroy game day stuff, and, and they do a lot of stuff off the, uh, you know, off the off the field, out of the stands, whatever you want to say. But um, yeah, that's something else I wanted to say too. Is is the the crowd is so good <laughs> in St. Louis that literally players come mm. up to the crowd, and you know we lost a lot, and towards the end of the season, people were getting so sad, but they were still like every day, every game, cheering mm. super loud. These guys are coming out, these players are coming out, and they're like. I'm so sorry. They feel terrible. Their faces are red. They're apologizing because <laughs> uh, the, yeah. the crowd is so supportive and they want to give the crowd a win. And uh, they just, you know, obviously just couldn't pull it off. But, uh, man, it's yeah. literally it's that good there. So it's good to see it originate that way instead of, you know, the fans <laughs> threatening the players, you know, waving oh, knives yeah. in their faces behind fences. <laughs> threatening players if they don't take off the shirt because they're disrespecting or whatever happens in yeah. weird yeah. British <laughs> groups in Italy. But. Yep, you won't catch that happening in St. Louis. It's, it's good fans here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We'll boo and we'll cuss and we'll drink oh, beer, man. but that's uh, about it. <laughs> all right. Uh, Phil, where can people find, find you and your likeness on Twitter? On Twitter, it's uh, STL Soccer Report is the main account. Phil Grooms, uh, two L's on Phil. Um, G R O O M S. Brian, I would like to simultaneously account, know most of my stuff's on STL Soccer Report. And also, like, what I would type in if I was trying to find out like flights into Wilmington, um, like right now. Uh, so my is. Twitter account Never is at ILM underscore Ryan with ILM uh, for the airport abbreviation code for Wilmington. <laughs> All right, maybe. So yeah. it's not, hold on a second here. Wait, wait. It's not W-I-L? 
Is this what you're telling me right oh, now? That's no, the USL had our abbreviation is WIL, but any promotional material from the team was always ILM, which was incongruent with the airport. And so it was strange that the league would differ that's our amazing. abbreviation from what the team's Does own PDL self-proclaimed know? one was. Um, Someone needs to get on like that, a, man. Someone a social account that. or a hashtag from... Yeah. <laughs> It was yeah, like a, yeah, a Twitter yeah, yeah. account or a hashtag or something from Wilmington that said, we are ILM. And for the longest time, I thought <laughs> yeah, ILM yeah. stood for something. Like, it was, like, three mm-hmm. words. And, like, I just did not know what the name of a Wilmington supporters mm. group was. But okay. Yeah, that's okay. the same hashtag that the airport Man, yeah, no, that, that, that didn't even click for me, Brendan, because I remember seeing that, too, last year. I was like, what the hell is ILM? And now I know. And now it's a bit in this podcast. How times have changed. Speaking of bits, Brendan, where can people um, – preferably like Louisville City fans <laughs> find you on Twitter so they can tell you how much yeah. they hate you and are really happy that Christian Valeski, well, maybe not because he plays for their other rival, like the, the the real one. But like, oh, maybe where can they tell you that they're really happy that you have eternal sadness in your life now forever? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be a mixed emotions. Um, yeah, I mean, if they can figure out the the strange bedfellows that old grudges and new grudges make, um, they can get at me on Twitter at uh, Doherty Soccer, D O H E R T Y Soccer. Um, there's a a call That's out weird. this I past didn't week put that, that, in the motion. I'm um, sorry. that for this year I should I hate on St. Louis fans the way that I hate on Louisville fans, but mm. you know, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Should we? Like should we next week? Like at the start, I haven't had to block show, any St. Louis fans put recently, team and I still have like thirty Louisville fan accounts on block. It's so. just the one that you hate on for for superfluous reasons. <laughs> so I, I wasn't gonna. Right. Um, I wasn't. Gonna <laughs> but we're also going to put Harrisburg in there be, five or six they were times. Be blank, and I was just gonna pretend that I drew Harrisburg. But now that you said that, I think we can just. Um, We'll just say it. <laughs> well, I think Brandon, I gotta say, Harrisburg I, front I, office is I commended you earlier today on Twitter, but I really have to do it as close to in person as we out. get. There is nothing that I love week. more than your continuous dunking on their player signings, because <laughs> literally as a joke, I tweeted out, "Oh my god, that looks like a Rochester Rhinos kit." And then since then, you've been dead on like the last <laughs> three or four times. And I, I don't know why they're not mad at me, but they're mad at... Oh, it's so good. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, what was great about today, they, they tweeted out a blurred picture of Brandon Miller, goalkeeper, <laughs> yeah. um, wearing some uh, Rhino's it. goalkeeper kit from 2015. Still... And then I said something like, that's Brandon Miller. And what like, a good signing so for Harrisburg. It would have been one thing. A different oh, picture God, of Brandon Miller from his so time much. in it Orange been County one last thing year. If you mentioned it, it, it like I don't it was like still Brandon Miller. <laughs> it was like nine thirty, and you were like, "Yep, yeah, it's Brandon Miller." Yeah, yeah. So in my head, it's like, all right, Brendan wakes up, like he grabs his phone off the charger, he like comes downstairs, and like, on, as yeah, he's brewing a cup of coffee, he's like, "Let's see who Harrisburg's going to sign in seven hours," and then just says the guy's name, and that's like, they have to react. Yes. <laughs> ah, I like it. That's right, shockingly uh, anyway, let's close <laughs> to what it was. It's just uh, the cup of coffee was at work. If you'd like work. to follow this podcast on Twitter, 
where you can spew your takes about how good of a host of a podcast <laughs> I am. Feel free. It's fine. Uh, at ECC Pod. Uh, I should also mention that not only are we a part of the Beautiful Game Network, uh, so is Phil and, and St. Louis Soccer Report. Uh, we timed it out so that he um, would have joined the network by the time we had him on that. We didn't, but it, it, it works out. Yeah. Okay. Um, and if you want to like find our network or podcast, that's at BGNFM on Twitter. I, actually, it might be at the BGNFM. It's one of those two. It'll pop up. Uh, also, bgn.fm, that's usually where like our podcasts get it released is, yeah. first because it takes a little bit to get them on Stitcher and iTunes. <laughs> so if you want to really jump the gun, like go watch, listen to us there. Uh, me personally, um, if you'd like to talk about, um, I don't know, maybe like the cute couple in my, in my Twitter profile picture, that would be, that would be very nice. Or maybe um, your takes on why I can never dress appropriately for 30-degree friendlies when there's a 15 degree or 15 mile per hour wind uh it's at valella it's v is victor i l l e l l a b s f c like the club that i write for um and then yeah if you want to um send us an email because no one has yet and it feels really lonely just looking at twitter mentions and like you know talking to people about doing this podcast in our inbox it's uh, eccmailbag at gmail.com uh guys thank uh, thank phil for coming on Jesus. All right. Not how I wanted to end this, but we'll, we'll go for it. Um, if, Thank you, Phil. Oh, Thanks, Phil. Man. I hope you All lose right. every game. Um, hey, we'll remember this when you guys play each other. We'll Christian's putting time. a three spot on you, pal. Uh, <laughs> Just wait for it. We'll get a concussion the week before. Don't worry. <laughs> anyway, uh, Phil, thanks for coming on. No, uh, I didn't say and, that. Uh, for, I didn't say it. Hey, no problem. Anytime. Not within reason. Not like every week. But, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, just thanks space map will be okay. Uh, anyway, um, this has been episode 11 of Eastern Conference Confidential, your favorite <laughs> podcast about the Eastern Conference of the USL in on the planet and maybe in the galaxy. I don't know. There might be an alternate dimension where like we're different personalities and we talk about this. Anyway, uh, we will see you guys next week for episode 12. Um, I don't know who our guest is going to be yet or else I would have told you, but um, we'll just assume that it's going to be a really good one. Okay? Okay. Great. Great. See you then.